It is the all-new Um Yeah Sports Podcast, where it's all about the Bay Area sports scene with John and Chris. We're glad you joined us. Let's get to it. Hey, man, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am doing excellent. It is episode one of the all-new Um Yeah Sports Podcast, and we're just talking Tampa. Yeah, I'm that's it. About this. That's it. That's all we're doing. And I don't even want to talk about anything else. Let's just jump into it. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, man. So, okay, so we're four weeks in already. Yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we obviously talk about this stuff all the time, but none of it has been recorded. And so we, you know, have to express a lot of things like the quarterback and who the quarterback is and, you know, the Mayfield versus Trask thing. I think at this point Mayfield has secured himself pretty much as the starting quarterback. I think he's definitely a leader there. And I don't think that there's any change needed. Yeah, I th- well, so okay. I think that's another, you know, can of worms. If you want to talk about the quarterback situation that is within Tampa, or if you want to talk about the matchup of the Saints, I could do either. But well, okay, that's it's fine. up to you. I, okay, so is there anything to say? We don't need to, I guess, go all the way back to the beginning of the oh, season, no, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. or you know, preseason or anything like that. Um, and so. We just came off of the game with Philadelphia. Right, yeah. That was on Monday. That was on Monday night, and that that was not okay in a lot of ways. <laughs> not okay. I did actually come away very impressed with our punter and very hopeful about our, our future ability to kick the ball long distances down the field. Well, I don't know if that's the thing you want to come away from a game like that from, but when you have a game the like that... The big spotlight, the big national audience, of course. It's about the punter. <laughs> I mean, once you're when you lose twenty five to eleven, you gotta look for the bright point in that game. Uh, but I mean, this this Tampa team played strong the first few weeks of the season, you know, getting two and zero, and then had their real first big challenge in the in the Eagles. Uh, and while it was decently close, you know, going into the second second quarter, it became out of hand very very quickly. Uh, with the Eagles scoring, you know, 10 points to our three in that second quarter and then shutting us out in the third uh, and, you know, kind of having their way in that in that game. Uh, but like you said, I think the punting situation is okay, but all the other pieces of it have work to do and things that they need to fix up and sure up to, to be able to beat a team like the Eagles because that's going to be a team that we're going to have to face. Well, and we're I've, to been, to I've been pretty happy with the new offensive coordinator. He came from Seattle. I have Seattle been other than this time. week. This week was not a good week. And I think actually I saw on the Twitter or the X, whatever you want to call it these days, that uh, he, I think he kind of like admitted it or he's kind of like, you know, taking accountability there. Well, yeah, well, that's a good attribute to have for an offensive coordinator. Yeah. But the thing that I liked about him in the first two weeks was he was getting – Baker Mayfield into situations that are made for Baker Mayfield. It's quick mm-hmm. passes, easy things for him to digest and get and read, mm-hmm. uh, get the ball out quickly, and that was all working for him. Then the Bears game, I think they got a taste of something that he wanted as far as he wants the ability to force the ball downfield. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and against the Bears, that becomes easier. However, <laughs> against the Eagles, that becomes infinitely harder because – a, this Eagles team is built off defensively pretty much the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, right. And that team is very good defensively over the last few seasons. So they draft a lot of those guys and have a lot of those guys. So it becomes harder for Baker Mayfield to be able to find that right read. And we saw him make mistakes with the football and mm-hmm. ended up turning the ball over and was only 15 for 25 for 146 yards and one touchdown. And also that well, interception. I didn't feel like, like the first part of the game they even like went after 
uh, there was a lot of chemistry, I think, in earlier games with Mike, uh, Mike Evans, and well, like, and I didn't see like they didn't really turn that on until yeah, pretty I think late what, in the game. And, I think what happened was they started out with some runs, like that was the beginning. They were like, okay, let's run the football, mm-hmm. let's get Baker Mayfield comfortable with some quick passes, things that are easier. And then they realized, crap, that was a three and out the first drive. We didn't get anywhere we needed to go. We, you know, they handed it to us. We got to fix some things. So then they started to get inv- try to get Mike Evans involved. He dropped a few passes. More distress. The defense really couldn't stop the Eagles. Well, they, a little bit, but not really. Things that were kind of going their way. Falling too, uh, and things started to get a little bit bad. And then Baker Mayfield felt like he had to put everything on his back. And then, slowly but surely, you started to get into a situation that you didn't want to be in. And then the Bucks slowly had to turn things back around. Because that touchdown pass they had to Mike Evans was a quick pass that allowed him to get open. Mm-hmm. Something quick for him to get the ball out of his hands. But... Once you start slipping away from what's been working and you try some other things that you haven't been doing in the season uh, and hasn't been successful, you start to slip up. I do uh, that in Madden, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, if you, you got something and, like, you play a couple games and it's, like, working, and then you, then you like, start to just try to get creative or try other things. You try, to get, you try to get too cute with it. Yeah, and then you're, like, all of a sudden you're just, you just get destroyed every and time. And it's like this Eagles team... So, like, if you just look at the stats alone, they had 472 yards while we had 174. You ain't going to win a football game like that. They had 27 first downs. We had 12. And their time of possession was 38, minute, 38 minutes and 55 seconds, which basically is 39 minutes. And we had 21 minutes, if you round down. It's 21 and 5 seconds. But we did not control the time of possession very well. We were not having the ball in our hands. Um, they had way more... Uh, yards in us at, like I said, 472 to our 174. So nothing was really working. Uh, and they had 78 plays. We had 44. So we weren't moving the ball anywhere. We weren't doing what we needed to do. We weren't controlling anything. And after watching the game, one of the strong points, and the one thing that I've talked about a lot, uh, is the Bucks have a really good defensive line. But in this game, Jalen Hurts, for the most part, looked relatively comfortable back there. Didn't look yeah. hurried or rushed. And that allowed him to find the open guy. Uh, and, and play reasonably well. And I think Jalen Hurts, if you're talking about you know his, his play, I think he has some issues he needs to shore up as far as taking some unnecessary shots, which turned into the two interceptions, things that did not need to be thrown but were. Uh, I think that's just um, a consequence of being so far ahead and feeling so much uh, so, so in charge. You just kind of have your – you just kind of do whatever you want with it. But all around, like you thought like the Bucks had a really good first two games. They go and play at home in front of it basically sold out crowd according to espn 99 was sold out I, they, but i think there was like a lot of a lot of like philadelphia fans there you know what, i'm just saying the tire it was at home in the and there was happened. a pretty big attendance but also i think certain percentage of it was also raining some of the drops by mike evans because it started raining throughout the game but it just wasn't what you expect from them they weren't playing at the level they want to they weren't running the balls that successful i mean uh, Swift had 16 carries for 130 yards. That dude was running like crazy. But Rashard Watt, I'm sorry, um, had 14 carries for 38 yards. So he had two less carries and about 100 less yards in those carries. So he was way more productive. And then even look at the A.J. Brown-Mike Evans conversation about who played better. And it's obvious that even though Mike Evans had that touchdown on like a two, three-yard pass, he only had five receptions for 60 yards. And Mike uh, and AJ Brown, I'm sorry, had nine receptions for 131 yards. So it was clear that the Eagles had their way offensively. It was just going to be a matter of time before the, you know they were able to win that game outright. Um, and so I think we learned a lot about you know who the who the Bucks are, um, how they're going to play, where they're at, 
uh, you know, kind of, and I think that also alludes to the next game that we'll talk about. Yeah, in a so like, so they're gonna go play the Saints, who are like, you know, what I guess like, a, like, well, yeah, they were. I think they're. I think of them as like a mediocre team at this point, and. Uh, well, and like, then they lost their, you know, they lost their starting quarterback. Now they got Jameis, and you know, it's got a little history there with Tampa. Um, has a lot of history of throwing interceptions, so that's good. <laughs> uh, so, real quick before I touch on any of that, yeah, just a quick breakdown of where the NFC, NFC South standings are at. Okay, all right, Atlanta sure. twenty-one and one, or sorry, twenty-one and one, two and <laughs> really? one. Really, okay. I'm going way too far. Sorry, <laughs> two and one. Okay, uh, the Saints two and one. Okay. Tampa Bay, two and one. It's all two and one. Carolina, oh and three. Oh. So it's basically three teams tied for number one and one team that has fallen very far behind. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But we're kind of sitting in that in that time when, you know, these teams are trying to separate themselves from the pack. Of course, it's early in the season. And this is a big game because tiebreakers, you know, later on in the season, depending on how well you play this. Who's Atlanta playing? Huh? Who's Atlanta playing? Uh, Atlanta. Because we know so one of the two, Tampa or New Orleans, are going to come out on top there. So Look who's at that playing? Who they're, who they're playing? We'll, we'll touch on that then. They're kind of the overall schedule of things. Um, but like I said, Tampa's playing the Saints. And that game has uh, pretty big implications. And the Jaguars and the Falcons are playing okay. in London. Yeah, oh, in London. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All that's right. Our, so that's our across the pond game. So, and how how are the ja- how are the Jags playing? Just, you not know? great. One and two. Oh, okay, not great. Yeah, not not the team from last year. Well, there was it's been some bad offense so yeah. far. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, so presumably so, we could get you know you can get a real, little reshuffling because at least you know one of the one of the two two and ones are gonna one of something's gonna out. happen. Like the Bucks will either establish themselves at the top. Or they'll prove even more that they have work to do. Uh, now, I don't think this game is going to be the end-all, decide-all as far as the season for the no. Tampa Bay Bucks. No. But at the same time, I think it's going to show well, yeah, what Todd Bowles is going to need to do. Yeah, you don't want to end up at, you know, ideally, you know, it's like, a, you know, you end up at 50% or you're like 3-1, and one, right? Like, it's like, it does feel, it. your record coming out the other side feels very different one way or the other, even though we know it's early in the season and, you know just kind of feels like a momentum setter it's your division it's a division opponent you're gonna have to be able to meet beat mediocre teams you know right like like the Saints who were injured yeah I think yeah well yeah the, that's the 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 whole thing is like Jameis Winston is looking like he's gonna be the starter as um, Derek Carr has that shoulder injury so he's gonna be battling that uh, so they're gonna be a little bit handicapped uh, in this game in that way like you said, you know, James Winston has that whole history with Tampa and the interceptions and them getting rid of him. And then, you know, Tom Brady comes in and now where we're at, where we're at uh, in the quarterback department. Um, in this game, I think there's, you know, multiple keys to success for both squads. Uh, I spent some time studying them. Um, and I think there's going to be ways that Tampa's going to be able to win this game. I think there's going to be ways for the Saints to be able to beat them. And at the end, I'll kind of give my prediction for where I think we're at. Um, but I think with this game, Tampa is going to have to fix everything that was wrong last week. They're going to have to get Baker Mayfield comfortable. That's game plan excuse me, number one. He's got to get the ball out quickly. He's got to get it out on time, and he's got to get it out accurately because this Saints uh, team has some pretty good defensive players in, uh, in um, Cameron Jordan, uh, Tyron Matthew, 
these guys that can definitely make things hard for you if you're not careful and if you're not on time and not on target. Uh, you've got to be getting the ball out consistently. And if the, and we saw in that game against the Eagles, Baker looked a little uncomfortable, took a couple extra seconds in there, didn't get the ball out. And this pass rush will get to if you're if you're sitting back there. Um, and in the games that the last few games for the Saints against the Packers and against the Carolina Panthers, both those teams had running quarterbacks that could get out of the pocket and move a little bit. Something we've noticed about Baker Mayfield is he doesn't have that as a strong suit. His legs are not his strong suit. So there's going to have to be a game plan of quick slants and little out routes. Saints to get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, and Cameron Kid Otten involved quickly to get the ball out of his hands into big-bodied uh, guys, guys that have muscle and guys that can kind of you know do some basketball moves and post up and be able to allow you to show the numbers and get the ball and get it and be able to hold on to it and absorb the contact. That's going to be important. So those are the guys I think are need to get involved is Mike Evans, uh, Otten, and uh, Chris Godwin um, are the guys that you really need to get involved in because speed is important to be able to get the edge and get some guys to get out in space and make guys miss and avoid some leg tackles and some guys that are going to be able to get, get, catch some balls in space that are going to be highly contested and hard to catch balls, but the ones that are going to help make or break this game for them. So that's game plan number one. Game plan number two uh, is going to have to be run the football. Now, I understand you can't just become a one-dimensional team. That's why I put this in here. You can't just throw these quick passes all the way down the field because at some point the defense is going to come up to line of scrimmage and force you to beat them behind. And I don't trust Baker Mayfield at this point to beat a team over the top and not make the mistake with the football because he's never been strong in the deep passing 20-plus yard plays. So I don't think that's going to have to beat them. You have to establish a little bit of a run game to help you out in you know, third downs and manageables and allow you to do what you need to do uh, to kind of continue drives and not let them stall. Stalling is going to be a huge issue for them because if they stall, uh, they're going to get into situations where the, the kicker is good like we talked about, but they're – Punt returning team is really, really good. They do a really good job of getting, especially those last two games, of getting good, decent field position on any punt that they can. We saw that in the Eagles game where the kick returning team or the uh, the punt defense team wasn't playing at the level that you would want them to. Uh, and so I think, you know, they need to you need to tighten that up in this game. Uh, the, the, the Saints kick return average uh, of yards is about 21 per, per kick return. Uh, so they, you know, they can then and punt total yards is 744. It looks like for four of them have 17 punt returns. So, um, so they, you know, they can def or that's punts. They, you know, they do a decent job of getting yards. But I think it's really going to come down to can you stop them on punt returns and make them have bad yardage? If you can do that, then that brings the defensive side of the ball and your pass rush. Do not be as bad as you were in the passing. Uh, pass or the pass rush because in that Eagles game you really didn't get much you kind of let Jalen Hurts look comfortable back there you let him kind of do whatever he wanted to and some of those mistakes as I watched it the second time that game some of those mistakes that they had where the guys were just open and just kind of running away and just like dancing around back there looking for the football was because Jalen Hurts had you know five seconds six seconds seven seconds to throw the football and no one was even touching him and making him feel a tad bit stressed in most plays now there were some exceptions to that but if you're doing that, that you're expecting a lot from your secondary. So get to Jameis Winston or Derek Carr, whoever's back there, uh, and, and give him fits. Do we know that, Because we know that... Do we know who's going to be playing? 
Uh, at this point, I think I saw that uh, Derek Carr is questionable. I oh, thought so he's he questionable. Be... So we don't, we won't definitely get. We James. won't know until it's a little bit closer. But I thought okay. he's out for a few weeks. Okay, with like... the short shoulder yeah. injury, and isn't the shoulder injury? Even if they play him, right? That's just a be... disadvantage. Right. Was it's it? Like... It wasn't his throwing shoulder, was it? I think it was. Uh-huh. That um, seems weird. But like, if if you, and regardless of what shoulder it is, it's still a disadvantage. Sure. That discomfort. Yeah. Uh, I think, and just playing him with a two on one record. At the beginning of the season, when there's so many weeks left and there's playoffs and things like that, you got to think about the greater good of your team and not just throw them in there. Now, we'll see a little bit closer, but who, regardless of who's back there, get to him, get to him, get to him, and make him feel uncomfortable and make him have to you know, scramble back there and get to the quarterback. That's how you're going to be able to get to this team. Uh, like I said as well, I think for this defense, they're going to have to play a lot of zones. I would play like shallow zones, not you know really deep but like Tampa 2 like stuff that's going to be close to the line of scrimmage and in the in the quick slant passing areas because that's what they like to do when you have good pass rush they're going to try to get the ball out quickly if you can clog out those lanes with your linebackers who are better at defense or better at defending the pass right now than your cornerbacks are especially like you told me earlier reading through the injury report a lot of your star cornerbacks are injured and probably won't mm-hmm. play in this game I thought you said they were out so now you're kind of in a situation where you're going to rely on uh, Shaq Barry and these guys to hurry the quarterback up and then capitalize on the mistakes if Derek mm-hmm. Hart makes any. Mm-hmm. But making him have to rush is going to cause him to have that issue. Stay in the passing lanes. Keep Chris Olave down. when he In those zones, you want to make sure you get to him quickly and bring him down. Um, and you can't let him you know, finagle out of there. You can't let Michael Thomas finagle out of there. you gotta, you got to play them really, really well and really, really tight because these wide receivers, as they have shown, improved in college and in the pros, they're very good and can catch mm-hmm. in pretty much any space. Uh, that's if they're you know, doing their quick passing game, down by the line of scrimmage. I'd play you know, some blitzes as well and maybe some cop and robber there as far as keeping a linebacker in the middle of the field, maybe have him carry sometimes, and maybe just have him sit there uh, and force the issue. Because I'm not too worried about Derek Carr or Jameis Winston throwing, uh, no, running, I'm sorry. Um, but also the one thing that you kind of have to worry about is Taysom Hill. Now, I think if they use him strategically in this game. <laughs> always Taysom Hill. Always goes back to yeah, I think he's their their uh, their wild card, if you will, <laughs> to the point where if they're not careful, uh, the Bucks could be caught in situations where they're, you know, trying to play these zone coverages or, or blitzes and stuff like that, and they just miss an assignment, and he could run a twenty thirty yard play, get momentum, and then they go at you a little bit. Um, and but if you can get him into you know third down and longs, uh, third down and reasonable, I wouldn't. And if it's Jameis Winston back there, I'm more talking about Jameis Winston being back there. Uh, I would, you know, have I would say just like bringing those guys up to line of scrimmage, causing the, you know, disguising some packages, trying to make it confusing with him, because a, you should have a huge scouting report on this guy. He played with your organization uh, for a while, so you should know everything about this guy. And yeah. two, he's not great with the deep ball, just like Baker Mayfield. He likes to throw a lot of deep balls, which is good because I think he's like the only quarterback that had thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in the yeah. same season. So he'll take that risk and take that chance. So if he does, capitalize on that. Yeah. Get that mistake. Yeah. Score on that mistake. Yeah. That is going to be the thing that's going to either help decide or win this game. Right. Um, so I think to wrap it up, I think, you know, depending on who executes better, obviously that's football. But I think, you know, I don't think each team is going to be able to move the ball that effectively. I think both teams are going to have good pass rush. I think both teams are going to, you know, try to get the ball out quickly. Um, and I think they're gonna have to, and I think there's gonna be some stalling going on, and, and, and teams trying to figure each other out and feel it out for each other, uh, and try to figure out what the best way to win in each time, each game is, and mm-hmm. 
We saw, you know, the Saints come back and beat the Packers. We've seen them have those types of games. But I think personally, uh, well, first, total per, uh, total points per game scored for the Bucks is 19.3. What the point three is, I have no clue. Let's just call it 19. <laughs> Uh, total points per game scored for the the uh, the uh, Saints is 17.7. Let's round that up to 18 points. So that's kind of where they're, we're sitting at. Yeah. Uh, that's the two points that they get. The points they sacrifice for the Bucks is about 20 points, and for the uh, Saints is about 17 points. So they let up a good amount of points. Me personally, I think it's going to be 17-14 in the Saints' favor. Now, I hate to go against the Bucks, the first podcast out of the gate about – Tampa Bay sports, but I think, you know, if you had to put your money on one or the other, the Saints are just, you know, I feel like even with Derek Carr being uh, being out, Alvin, I forgot to mention, Alvin Kamara is going to be back in this game. I oh, is he? I believe he's out okay. of his suspension now. Okay. So if that's they, completely if he's coming back, different. that things substantially. It's a completely different, yeah. you know, candidate in this whole thing, and it's going to add a completely different double-headed monster. Now you put Taysom Hill, you put yeah. Alvin Kamara in the same backfield, and, and you're going to have to... Yeah. You're gonna have to play him like that. So personally, I think he's also got to get get game ready. It depends on how game ready he is. Well, I imagine he's gonna be really game ready. I think, I think he kind of to he gonna have to deal with that now. Um, so I think, I think that's what I got. I got seventeen to fourteen. I don't okay. know if you differ on that. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I would say more. I I think more like uh, maybe seventeen twenty twenty one something like that. Seventeen twenty one, who bucks. Yeah, I'm Homer. I'm gonna go Homer. I'm gonna go Homer style. Uh, but I, I think it's I, I. While I, I wouldn't say like you said earlier that it is a make or break game. I think it is an important game, and if they can't win it, it kind of tells a tale of what kind of season we're probably gonna have. Yeah, I think. Well, like it didn't even like I was watching the footage back, and I didn't even see Vitave on every single snap in that Tampa Bay game. So I think they were really injured. In that in that Eagles game defensively, I don't think guys were at 100 percent before the game. I saw a lot of questionable guys yeah. that were there, but maybe weren't at 100. How are we looking? How are we looking here on uh, Friday? Well, like you said, I, a lot of, there's still guys on the questionable list. We're still shaking yeah. up a little bit. Um, I think there's two worlds. Like like I said, that's the world everything goes ideally for each of these teams, and they kind of follow suit. But I also think there's also a possibility the Saints are able to get a little momentum going to, you know, on the Bucks and see how things go. But if everything works in the ideal world and the way that things should work and the way that things have worked for the Bucks, I think you know pass rush is going to be the make or break it. So yeah, you think 20 points is what you think the Bucks will score? Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll kind of do their their average. So I I sorry say again so twenty points for the Bucks and one for the Saints uh, like seventeen they'll do their average on offense okay so you think it's just gonna kind yep. of follow the stats follow the stats okay yeah we'll I just see. I just don't have a good feel for either which, which team's gonna show up on either well so early it's week four yeah exactly but we have seen the Saints make some pretty fantastic comebacks. The Bucks yeah. so far haven't beat anybody with any sort of substance. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vikings are 0-3, and, and the Bears could crash and burn at any second mm-hmm. are crashing and burning. <laughs> so it's not that impressive that you beat them, and uh-huh. then when you play the Eagles, you fall apart. So yeah. anyway, this game, yeah. like I said, won't make or break the season, but it's going to point, like you yeah, said, I do. I to feel, where I this like direction it's is headed. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Rays continue to st- stay in it. Yes. Uh, and continue to figure out how to win games. I think they've won two. Yeah, so they, I believe, let's just look at it. I think they're 97 yeah, that's right. uh, wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fell behind by, I think, about three wins to the Orioles. So I don't think they're going to be able to uh, overcome them. They, so what's funny is they're playing the Blue Jays right now. Uh, tonight, 
and then over the next couple of nights before the season ends. Yeah. But if everything stays the same, they will then play the Blue Jays again hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Uh, and I believe that they're at home because they're the higher seed at four and five. Blue Jays being five, the Tampa Bay being four. And if they win, they get the um, the added bonus of going and playing the Orioles right afterwards. <laughs> so nice. that's just fantastic that's the way that worked out. Yeah. Um, well, for a team that's like had as much adversity as they've had this year. I know, right? Like a great beginning, you know, a pretty lull in the middle to climb back up through just the injuries, bizarre, through the things that have been happening. Bizarre things happening, and then and now here they are. And, and get they back still, here. They still find people like yeah, like so. Like that's what I wanted to touch on briefly because you know we won't be just talking about the the, the Bucks. We'll be talking about the Rays as again the postseason um, free agency and back into baseball because baseball pretty much never sleeps. It is a ridiculously long uh, season uh, of gameplay, but with the way we'll be covering that, it's mostly we'll be doing like we did for Tampa, a lot of just, you know, statistical breakdowns because baseball is not like football. Um, baseball, a team that's supposed to win won't win every time. And a team that's, um, that should just dominate doesn't do that every time. And, you know, bad teams can win. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons why. Just because, you know, you have a great batting average doesn't mean you're going to get a home run every single game. does not mean you're going to have the offense humming every single game. Uh, and that's because, unlike football, Baseball is a legitimate one-on-one. Like you don't have a teammate to bail you out if you have a bad game. Mm-hmm. And if multiple guys have a bad game, it's over. The pitching staff has won. You can you can just basically resign to the loss there. Now sometimes you might get some help from the wind and get the ball blown extra far, and you might play at a stadium that is shorter than a normal stadium because the only sport in the world where <laughs> the field changes size and it's easier to hit a home run that's going to you know ch- affect things inside outside that's going to affect things the pitcher you're going to be playing against that's going to affect things injuries are going to affect things so there's going to be a lot of variables that are going to be like changing every single game so to be able to predict like i did for tampa where i'm like i feel relatively confident uh, enough to say it that tampa might will in my opinion lose 17 to 14 i can't say the 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 blue jays are going to lose for sure three to one right because there's so many variables that are at play. You know, injuries are going to happen at different times. Uh, you know, how far can you take a pitcher? The umpire, for Pete's sake, he could change the entire game because with a bad call that could, you know, send every, every, someone out on strikes or something like that. So mostly we're going to look at the matchups that they're playing. So if you're looking at the Blue Jays versus the Reds, we'll look at the pitcher that they're playing at against, you know, the ERAs of each team, the batting average of each team, kind of where we sit. We might watch a few games, talk about what happened, what we saw, and then just kind of break it down from there and give our two cents about, you know, I think the Blue Jays are at a disadvantage for X, Y, and Z reason based off the stat sheet, based off what we've seen, and try to predict it from there and see if we can get it right as, you know, baseball ticks along to the World Series. Also, something else that makes it really hard to predict is it's not just one game, it's not just two games, it's, you know, I believe best of seven. So as you get tick a little bit after you get to the, from the wild card, when you get into the meat of things. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very interesting track that they'll be on. We'll talk all about, you know, more about the playoffs as we get closer, as things settle out. I mean, there's not a whole lot of sense in talking about the Blue Jays versus the Rays when we will be talking about the Blue Jays and the Rays next week. Um, and I think at this point, based on the fact that they're locked in, they're loaded, they're where they need to be, they will definitely be in the wild card. If best comes to best, maybe they can catapult themselves to that number one spot if the Orioles lose. But if there's one more win for the Orioles, it's over. Uh, so it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. But I just wanted to give kind of you guys a, a picture 
of what to expect when we cover baseball because baseball and football will be covered pretty much in uh, in equal parts on this podcast and uh, i'm excited for the road ahead awesome all right well listeners thank you for listening we appreciate you tuning in we are over on uh, x twitter you may know it as twitter and uh, we would love to hear from you i am at chris mcconey and he is at the the john mcconey at the john mcconey so go follow us and we'll follow you we'll talk so uh, appreciate you listening uh we'll we'll catch you soon see See ya god bless